It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert, and I am so excited to have Mark Williams on the show today. Wait, that's who, that's not my name, Carmen. You you know my well, real name. I was going to say who I called Mark Will for maybe the first year that I and nobody ever corrected me. So why would I think that your name is so? Your your um, not hashtag. What do the kids call it these days? Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. My Instagram handle is the real Mark Will. So I can, I can appreciate why you would think my name was Mark Will. It's the real Mark Will. And so I'm like, okay, well, if it says the real Mark Will, your name is Mark Will. But then sometimes they say Williams in the show. And so I didn't know. And so I just, I'm like, well, I like Will. So I I introduced you on stage, Mark Will, multiple times. And then finally Meg was like, um, who told me that? Was it Meg or Hank? I can't remember, but I was dying either way. (laughs) Wasn't it during one of our laughing all the way events? Yeah. And Hank's, oh yeah, it was Hank because Hank loves to make everyone feel embarrassed. It's his favorite. (laughs) It's his favorite. And he leaned over to me and he's like, why do you call him Mark Will? And I'm like, you know, that's not his name. Why do I call him (laughs) Will? It's William. It's it's not Will. I'm like, what? Uh, (laughs) Oh, but now it is. But now it is. Now it is. Exactly. I'm the real Mark Will. And actually, actually, it's kind of funny because I've got a friend who who wants me to go by that name for business stuff just because it's a little more catchy and Williams Uh is a little bit more generic. And so, Uh so, you know, I didn't I never stopped it because of that. So you're like, this could be a new thing. This could be a new thing. I am. I I am the real Mark Will. Yep. The real Mark Will. Okay, so I am excited to talk to you today, Mark and get to know you a little bit better for our our viewers and our listeners. I guess people don't view, they listen to this podcast and get to know the the guy behind you are a presenter, you're an MC. You've been with Jumping Turtle for how many years now? Wow, it's been I think it's been about 4 years that I've been working with the Jumping Turtle team. Awesome. So all the way back from when it was just uh, one conference when life gets hard and and it's been really cool to see us grow over the last few years to, you know, yes. what, the, what the team is today. And yep. it's been so much fun. It has been so much fun. We have a lot of fun. Mark, as, just a little as, bit. As evidenced by the opening of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We have, no one thinks we're as funny as we think. That's, like we That's think, probably true. Yeah. Like us, Hank, John, like when people are like, what's it like being with John and Hank? I'm all, they are the exact same people off camera as they are on camera. Like oh, they're yeah. constantly trying to make each other laugh all it's the time. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. It is. And and we're kind of the same. Like it's just, we just have fun. It is fun. It's fun to be around people that are just it's, don't it's take fun. themselves seriously and make yeah, fun yeah. of you all the time. It's fun just to be normal. around good people. Yeah. Yep. For sure. So, um, but you have a really impressive resume um, besides working with Jumping Turtle, you do um, a lot of stuff with real estate. You um, have traveled, honestly, the globe and been to some of the <laughs> coolest places ever. You are, are, are you still in the Tab Cats? I'm still a member of the Tabernacle Choir on Temple Square. And okay. uh, I mean, everything's on hiatus right now, but everything's on but hold. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, 
And you've been a member of that for how many years? Uh, just a little bit longer than Jumping Turtle. It's I'm, go I'm going into my fifth year. So Five years. Crazy, yeah. With the, the MoTab turned Tab Cats is Correct, the new yeah. name. <laughs> but, but what's really awesome is that you actually won an Emmy award a few years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. The, I, technically, it's a, considered a college Emmy. It's a t college television award uh, awarded by the Emmy Foundation. That's the Television Academy uh, of Arts and Sciences Foundation, I think is what it's called. But but yeah, I was, I was the first first person in my college to ever ever uh, win one of those awards. And I got two of them, actually, which is pretty cool. So That is awesome. And what was the documentary? It was called I Am Not My Body. And tell right. us what it was about. Yeah. So this was, it was a really cool experience. Uh, in my senior year of college, we had to do a a final project of sorts. And it could be a documentary or, you know, there were other projects that we could choose from. And I just really fell in love with, with documentaries. Cause you get to talk about, you get to talk about really cool stories. You get to tell really cool stories and, and get to go more in depth than what you would get in just a normal news broadcast. I was studying, studying broadcast journalism at the time. And, and so I found out about this, this boy, he was eight years old when he was in Romania is from Romania and uh, got caught in a house fire that uh, incidentally was actually started by his father and uh, both of his parents died as a result of the fire. And the boy, he uh, had third and fourth degree burns over 75% of his body. His nose was burned away. His, his fingers were charred to the point where they had to be uh, removed. Um, it just, and I mean, but the, the documentary is only partially about his story. It's more about, about what happened as a result of it. And he ended up coming to the U S and, the Shriners Hospitals for Children took him on as a as a patient and actually turned I think six of his toes into fingers, and uh, they they used part of his scalp to rebuild his nose, so he has a nose again and and uh, and it was just an amazing example. Watching him was just an amazing example to me of how we can't always choose our circumstances in life, but we can yeah. always choose our response to them. And he, he was just such an incredibly positive person throughout the whole thing. It didn't mean that he didn't have his down days or still doesn't, but yeah. I mean, even now he's uh, I think he's got a million followers on TikTok. Oh and my uh, he's just a really, really cool, cool dude. Just really, really fun to, to have watched him grow up. Actually the, my, one of my favorite shots from the entire film was, was the opening shot. And because his, because his nose came from his scalp, they, it was a six week operation where they took part of his scalp, they draped it over the, the front of his face and uh, so that it could regrow, reestablish blood supply and stuff like that. And so as a result, his nose grows hair. And so he, the opening shot of the film is him shaving his nose. Oh and, my goodness. And uh, it, it's really, really cool. So anyway, he's, uh, it's a really cool story. Um, it's available on YouTube and uh, just, it was such a fun, fun experience to be a part of. And so, so I won second place in the documentary category. And then uh, the judges were so moved by his story that they awarded me an additional one. It was called the Bricker Humanitarian Award for, uh, for, for doing good, for telling a, a good story uh, about, you know, an inspirational story. And so I, I got to have two college Emmy awards. It was pretty, it was, it was such that a cool experience. So cool. That is yeah. really cool. And I bet it just puts 
everything in perspective when you meet someone that has been through those kinds of trials and not to say like anyone's trials are are greater or smaller than anyone else's because the truth is they're all exactly what we need they're they're as big as we need them they're as hard as as we need them totally. i believe with all my heart that heavenly father um knows what what we need to grow. I don't, I don't know if I like to say what we can handle because sometimes <laughs> we can't handle, I mean, there've been trials in my life. I mean, I can't handle this. This is so hard, but, but with Jesus Christ, I can, but he knows what we need to grow and what will, what will eventually earn us our exaltation and the lessons that we need in life. But it, it's interesting when you do meet people who you're like, Oh my goodness, like Meg, who's in a wheelchair, or or him who is burned off, I mean, 75% of his body and has toes Crazy, right? for fingers and shaving his nose. I mean, you you're like, okay, I have nothing to complain about. I have <laughs> nothing to complain about. And it kind of helps reset your thinking a little about what's important and and what's really hard. Totally, totally. And I think you're right, where where you know, looking at other people's trials or anything, it doesn't, it doesn't delegitimize. The trials right. that we're experiencing, you know, no. like we can, the, my trials are are hard for me. And I yes. agree with you that sometimes we have trials that are harder than what we can bear. And, yeah. but that's, that's what allows us to grow. You know, you yeah. look at going to the gym, you've got to, you've got to tear those muscles if you want your muscles to get stronger. Exactly. And I think it's the same thing with trials sometimes where, where we're going to face things that feel overwhelming or that yeah. are too hard to bear, but, but you know, the, the fact that, that we have a savior, it's not that he necessarily takes away the problem, but, but he it makes it possible for us to, it's, it's some, someone that we can look to in a way through the pain that we, that we experience. What is one trial that Jesus Christ has helped you through that you'd feel comfortable sharing? Oh, that's a, that's a really interesting, really interesting experience. Um, all right. Question, I guess. Uh, you know, it's kind of a trial that I'm still going through right now. A few years ago, my father had a stroke, pretty severe stroke that um, that's definitely drastically changed the trajectory of, I know, his life and my mom's life and as well as for, for my, my family. But um, I had a, when that happened, I had a, a chance to move back to California and become his primary caretaker for a few months and then eventually... I, you know, help my mom pack up and move to Oregon so that they could be closer to some of my siblings and help get their house that they'd lived in for 45 years ready for sale. And, and it, it has, that's definitely been a trial for, for me, just watching people that I love go through pain, you know, and I think that those are sometimes the hardest trials that we, we face are not necessarily the things that we experience ourselves but the, the trials that we watch people that we love experience. I and, totally agree. You know, and I would, I would assume that that's the case for you as a parent where, you know, it's <laughs> that I've heard a lot of my friends who are parents say, I just wish that I could take this off of my kid's plate. I wish that I could oh, go through absolutely. it for them so they didn't have to deal with it, with, with it themselves. Hands down. If I could take all my kids trials and that's when I really felt like I, experience the savior's love and my father in heaven's love for me most purely is when I became a parent. And I'm like, Oh, I get it now. Why you would want to take away that pain for like, cause sometimes, you know, I, I've wondered why would Jesus want to die for us and, and, and do that for us? Like imagine how hard and how difficult, but imagining that 
he loves us as much as I, and even more love my children. It's like, oh, easy. I would, I would go through that for them hands down and take that away from them because you do. It's, it's this, it's this all encompassing overpowering love. And it, it, it's so beautiful to think that is how our father in heaven sees us. That's how he feels about us. That's how our savior feels about us, that he was willing to do that and eager, like I will do this. And it was hard to the point where he said, okay, if if it's possible, remove this cup. (laughs) This is too hard. Yeah, totally. It's so hard, but, but nevertheless, and, and absolutely watching my boys suffer and, little things like not being picked to play at school on this on the team and that's totally, totally. happened yeah. um watching them um go through um sickness and getting hurt and my little son Beckham he is 11 right now and he's had three concussions oh, in wow. his life and he first one when he was like 3 years old and it was so scary and he's had a few since then and um, he just has a really tiny, soft head that is super susceptible. And and um, that was really scary watching him go through those as a little baby and throwing up and getting CT scans and wondering if it had brain damage and thinking, wow. I mean, that's so difficult. And and then just watching them, you know, like, I don't know, anything that, that they go through. Like, it's it's so hard watching them. It's like, I would rather like give anything to me. And even right now, like with this world and everything that we're going through and how unsettled everyone feels and how everything feels right now. I told my husband, I'm not really afraid of the second. <laughs> like I can, I can handle it. Like I, it, it, it we got this down. <laughs> I got like, okay. Like bring it on. Oh. But, but watching my kids suffer or be afraid or scared or knowing they could, they could get hurt or they could get, something could happen to them. That is when I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That totally. Makes um, sense. But like you said, what's so great is that there is someone that understands what we're going through and, and what that feeling is like and, and helps me help them. So, and, and that's great because I definitely couldn't do it by myself <laughs> for sure. So besides winning an Emmy and and having this awesome experience, you've had some really great experiences traveling the world and being able to experience different cultures, viewpoints, religions. What has been one of the most impactful places you have visited that has like is seared on your soul as, oh my goodness, that changed me? Totally. That's a great question. That is a great question. A couple of years ago, I had the chance to go to Jordan and Egypt and- Uh, throughout the Middle East, and it was it was unreal. Just is it like totally, it's on TV and in the pictures, like mystical? You know, yes and no, yes and no. I mean, it just was very eye opening for me. My nephew was was doing a study abroad through BYU out in Jordan, and he got to know a kid there at a gym that he'd go work out at. And so my brother and I hired this this guy to take us around. And he, the, the way that, that things kind of are in Jordan is everybody's related. And so in one way or another, and so this guy, his name was Firas and he would, he's like, Oh yeah, this is my uncle. And so we're going to go to my uncle's house and, and, or my uncle's going to take us, you know, everybody was his uncle. (laughs) It was hilarious. And (laughs) so we went to the Wadi Rum, which is used for a lot of, um, 
movies for like a Mars or deserts and stuff like that. And, and so his uncle, I, I think it was his uncle, at least some <laughs> version of an uncle, you know, took us, exactly <laughs> took us out on the back of his truck and, and made us, made us food in the middle of the desert. And we just, it was so cool. And then we took a tour through Petra and got to, oh, wow. got to see, you know, like what it was like for Indiana Jones in the last crusade and stuff like that. And then that would be so cool. And then with another one of his uncles, <laughs> he took, they took us to, to his house and they made us like a traditional Jordanian meal and dressed me up like a Bedouin. And they were trying to teach me Arabic. And so they were laughing okay. at me because I have, you know, we were, it was just, it was such a great reminder to me that, that we are all God's children. We're all human and we all have so much more in common with each other than we have that are have in differences, you know? And yeah. sometimes I think we forget that. I know I do just where even, even with, with, you know, people here in Utah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get mad about saying, why did you cut me off? You know, it's like, well, they probably were just having a bad day or they didn't even yeah. realize it, you know? And, right. and, uh, and I, I definitely have to remind myself of that sometimes that, that we have so much more in common as God's children and as human beings than we, than we have differences. And, and I think that that's a message that, that I wish we all could remember that we're all, we're all on the same page. We're just, yeah. You know, maybe in different places. <laughs> and I think that goes for people of different races, of different religions, or totally. like the sweet boy that you interviewed that was burned that thinks, I'm just like you guys. Like I look different, but I'm totally I'm, I, I have hopes and dreams. I laugh at things. I have a sense of humor. I have desires and and trials and hardships. And some I think it's it's easy to look at people and think you're different. So that must mean that we won't get along. And, exactly. And that's not the case. If you can look for the commonalities, as you said, and, and look for what you have in common, then it just breaks down those barriers and makes you love those people. And, and, and it brings us all closer together that you think, oh, my goodness, we we are all brothers and sisters. Like it's it's a real actual thing, not just a nice thing to think about or say. Totally. Totally. I agree with you 100%. When Brad, he served, my husband served his mission in Puerto Rico and he asked me to come on a human, humanitarian trip to him with him. Um, <laughs> when was this? Like three years ago. And it was when Hurricane Katrina hit. Oh, and, yeah. um, no, not Katrina. What is it called? Maria. Maria, yeah. They're all some kind of girl names. <laughs> Why are they all girls? All hurricanes oh. are girls. This girl came in <laughs> and, this and ruined everything. Oh, man. Hurricane boy names. So Hurricane Maria hit and devastated the island and knocked out power. And we went there three months later and there were still people without power. Wow. And it was interesting that I, I went there not speaking Spanish. I do not speak Spanish. And I was trying to communicate with them and show them the supplies we brought and ask them what they need. And they'd say, pampers, los pampers, you know, some diapers, every diapers, pampers. And so, and so I picked up on a few words here and there and there's, I'm trying to understand what they want. And yet the spirit speaks every language. And when I would think about these people and pray for them, it's like, oh, they're not different than me. Even though they look different and they talk different and I'm in a different country and, and you know, it's, we're, we're the same. And I, I had this like deep love 
for the people of Puerto Rico. And there's a scripture in the New Testament, and it says um, that thy people shall be my people and thy God, my God. And I said, Mm -hmm. I feel like I told Brad after this trip, your people who you fell in love with serving your mission, they're now my people. They're, they're, they're mine. I love them too, completely. And there was an experience where this woman was sharing her testimony with me and I did not understand a word and she was <laughs> looking right at me and holding my face. And she was talking about, and my husband was bawling because he knew he understood what she was saying. And I didn't. And yet there was this incredible, strong connection that I felt with her. Like it doesn't even matter. Like the words don't matter. But but this feeling and this connection does. And it changed my life. And I think everyone should have an experience like like you or like I did, where you go to a different place, a, meet a different culture of people, religion, um, understand them. And it 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 changes you in a way that you look at the whole world differently, don't you think? Totally. Oh, for sure. I for sure. I still remember the first time I ever left the country, we were going to pick up my brother who actually served his mission in Romania. And we had a layover in Germany and I'd never left the country before. And I remember sitting in the airplane, looking out the window and seeing people that looked just like me and almost being confused. Cause in my head, I'd thought, you know, they're, they're from another country. They speak yeah. another language. They must look different. They must be different. And just it like, that was another experience as weird, as funny as it is, you know, just, I, I don't know what I imagined that, you know, that people from other countries would have three horns or I don't, I don't know, I know. But, but just seeing somebody that looked just, just like me, you know, two eyes and a nose and fingers and toes and everything. It's just like, Oh, it's, this is, it's all just people around the world. This is really yeah. cool. It's the family of God and we're all different. So what would you say to people that would love to have an experience like the one that you had in Jordan or, or that I had in Puerto Rico that want to travel the world, but that maybe have reservations about getting out of their comfort zone and, and serving others or learning about others for, for whatever reason, whether it's the disease that's going on or feeling like there's stereotypes about certain cultures of people or how do people get past that barrier to have incredible experiences and, and, and get to know everyone, you know, around the world? That's a great question. Um, I think that, that sometimes we think that we've got to go around the world to make a difference. And I think that sometimes people are in your, who there's people who are in your backyard that need your help just as much. That's true. You know, like one thing that, um, that I think is, is really powerful or can be really powerful is to look at people in your ward that there's people who may be single or who have had somebody in their family die or a spouse, or maybe they're, maybe they're gay or maybe they're, you know, whatever. And, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, everybody wants to feel noticed. Everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like president Hinckley talked about it. Everybody needs a, a home teach and everybody needs an assignment, a calling and a, I don't remember what the last thing was, but, but it, a, a friend, a, I think oh, that was a friend or something. Yeah. And but, cookies. And cookies, obviously that's, that that's number four Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or number one, depending on or which, number one. Yeah. Or number one, one or the other. <laughs> um, but, but at the end of the day, you know, that there's people who are in your ward or in your neighborhood or, or maybe even in your family who, who uh, could really use a text. Hey, how's it going? You know, I've been thinking about you something as simple as that 
can can change somebody's life. I know that there's been times for me when I've been down and and it's those messages of encouragement or just, hey, I was thinking about you that that kind of snap me out of whatever funk I'm in and realize that even though sometimes I f- you feel alone, that you're not actually alone. And I think that that those feelings sometimes have, especially in what we're experiencing right now, are just kind of amplified. And so it's even more important to yeah. to just reach out to to the people that you care about or or people that you know and just say, hey, you're you're noticed, you're yeah. you're remembered, you're you're uh, you're cared about. I think that's great advice because while being able to travel the world is is, I think everyone needs an opportunity to really get outside their comfort zone and, and experience, you know, a different place and a, in different people. Um, it's not always possible to do that for financially or people that are sick totally. or, you know, so I think you bring up a great point that there are people right here that we may categorize as different, like you said, single, right. um, LGBTQ or, you know, a, a, a different race or they may different religion. You know, there's, totally. there's people around us that are, have that stereotype of where you're different, which we're all different. We all are right. different. I exactly. mean, we're all, we are all I mean, different. We're all different and it doesn't matter, but, but we have this idea in our mind. Oh, if you don't look like me or talk like me or think like me, like maybe we can't be friends and, and that's not right. And I love that you bring that up is reach out to those people and embrace them and learn about them. And then you'll find more often than not, oh, we have so much more in common totally. than I originally thought and, and can have totally. beautiful friendships with people that are totally different from you and yet totally the same. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's kind of been interesting. I'm, I'm definitely not perfect at, at that. I have lots of room to grow, but over the last few years, especially some of my favorite people have become those people that I seemingly have the least amount in common with because they challenge my perspective. They help me see yes. things in ways that I hadn't considered before. And, totally. and it's just been, it's been so fun. One other thing that I, I just wanted to point out is that, that there's lots of ways to, if, if your goal is just exposing yourself to, to other lifestyles or situations, there's lots of ways to serve in your community. You can go to soup kitchens or to, um, or to shelters and, and provide service, you know, just yeah. give service and, and that there's lots of ways to, to, those are, those are ways that have opened my eyes as well growing up. And, and I've enjoyed serving in those ways too. Um, even food banks and stuff like that. Just there's, there's lots of ways to, to help. That's a great, that's a great idea and a great reminder. And it, it's service is never bad for you. Like you, you will never feel worse for learning about someone else, learning about their life, whether it's making a documentary, whether it's traveling the world or serving someone in your community or making cookies or, or making <laughs> cookies or chocolate cake, like or chocolate cake like my brother. Does. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's never, ever bad for you. And I heard that quote on the bachelor, like <laughs> 10 years ago, I will admit. And I remember that has stuck with me for a decade. It it is never bad for you. You will never regret going outside of your comfort zone and helping someone else, whether they're different or, or, or not, whether, you know, oh. however it is, however they're in need, it is never bad for you. And I love that um, you've talked about that today. And I love your example of, 
you have traveled the world and you have made documentaries and, and you've done all these things. And yet probably where you've made the biggest difference has been in your family and with your own parents and with those that are closest to you. And I mean, that's really amazing that you can look back on your life and say, wow, I've, I've made a really big difference. And I can say that because I'm your friend and I know you. <laughs> and you totally have, Mark. You really have. Oh, and and I appreciate you sharing your perspective today and for all of the good that you've been doing. Keep it up, my friend. You know, just one, all you can do is just take one, one day forward, one step at a time. And, uh, exactly. and thank you so much for the chance to be on here and to hang out with you for a little bit. And uh, let's do it again. Cause I have 10,000 more questions. I want to ask you, <laughs> we, you know, this is just a quick hit episode. So we'll, we'll good. do it. We'll do another one in the future. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of doing good with Carmen Herbert available exclusively inside our turtle house at our turtle house. There's something for the whole family from full leg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the come follow me curriculum there's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens plus you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan just go to ourturtlehouse.com to get started thanks again for listening and we'll see you back here for another episode of doing good next week